You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown Trading is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. The Packers open up as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, coming off their Week 1 win against the Chicago Bears and Minnesota's Week 1 win against the Atlanta Falcons 28-12. to Now, this was kind of a wonky game. It was one of those games where Kirk Cousins only had to attempt 10 passes. He was 8 of 10 for 98 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs combined to get five targets. And if you had told me going into this game that Kirk Cousins would go 8 of 10 and Thielen and Diggs would only have five combined targets, I would have told you they probably lost. Instead, they won by two scores. And they did so because Dalvin Cook could not be stopped. 21 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Anthony Harris also had two interceptions. Now, the Atlanta Falcons outgained Minnesota, 345 to 269. So they put up way more yards. Now, part of that is they were having to come back, or at least trying to come back. But they ran 18 more plays and committed fewer penalties. They also won time of possession. The difference was Atlanta turned the ball over three times, including a Matt Ryan interception in the end zone. You cannot beat the Minnesota Vikings if you are going to turn the ball over because they will take advantage of those opportunities. If you make them drive the length of the field, it's much harder to do that. Now, Atlanta, their defense did not play particularly well. They didn't tackle well. They weren't able to consistently get after Kirk Cousins when he did attempt those few passes. But the the issue for Atlanta was they couldn't stop with the self-inflicted wounds. That is going to be Green Bay's issue on Sunday. Can they prevent turnovers? Now, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in week one, despite the fact that that they were under siege against a really good defense. The Chicago Bears defense is formidable. No one questions that. The Minnesota Vikings defense is also formidable. Now, are they as, as ferocious as Chicago? I would say they aren't. But can they take over games? Can they win games? Yeah, we've seen them do it. Uh, we've seen them do it to Green Bay. So... The Packers have to prevent turnovers. And then there's this question of Dalvin Cook. Can they stop Dalvin Cook? Well, Cook has looked awesome, looked awesome in the preseason. Obviously, uh, ran all over Atlanta. So that's a pretty good start. But Green Bay's defense against Chicago, 15 carries, 46 yards. 
That's a 3.1 per carry average. And if you look at just the running backs, David Montgomery, who is supposed to be their workhorse, six carries, 18 yards. Cordero Patterson, who is not really a running back, one carry minus two. Mike Davis, five carries, 19, a little under four yards a carry. Their longest run was eight yards. They held the run game in check. Now, they also, for some reason, Jedi mind-tricked Matt Nagy into attempting 45 passes despite the fact that his quarterback, I don't know if you guys know this, is Mitchell Trubisky. And he's not very good. Kirk Cousins is better than Mitch Trubisky. But the offensive line in Minnesota is not. And when you look at the amount of pressure Green Bay was able to generate, this defensive front has to be licking its chops over the opportunity to get after this Minnesota offensive line. I mean, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith alone combined for 16 pressures. Packers had 19. Plus five sacks, plus the interception. And they need to pressure Kirk Cousins. They need to make him uncomfortable because we saw in the second half in particular of that week two matchup last year when all of a sudden Green Bay was not getting home, they were not making plays on the ball, and they were struggling. Devon House had to come in the game. Kentrell Bryce was heavily involved. And let's just be unequivocal about this. If Adrian Amos is in the game instead of Kentrell Bryce, the Packers win in week two. Even just just put him in in the second half. Just put him in in the second half. The Packers win that game because Adam Thielen does not catch that touchdown. Uh, Maybe the deep play down the field to Stephon Diggs doesn't happen. Maybe they don't convert near the goal line on the two-point conversion. There are so many factors. And obviously, they still should have won the game because Clay Matthews' roughing the passer hit was all-time garbage. And then Mason Crosby. I mean, I think the thing that people forget about that game is Aaron Rodgers in like a minute led the team down for what should have been the game-winning field goal that Mason Crosby booted. They should have won that game twice and didn't. Now, that was in part because Daniel Carlson missed a field goal that would have won the game as well. But Green Bay in that game, when they had, you know, it was still a, a season that was not lost. It was still, there was still hope Aaron Rodgers was you know, decent in that game, especially early on. And the defense was really good. The special teams made a play with the Josh Jackson punt block touchdown. They don't need Aaron Rodgers to be crazy good. They they just proved they can win games when he's not. Now, Aaron Rodgers has to be better. And there are, there are myriad ways in which he has to do that. He needs to get more comfortable with this offense. He needs to get more comfortable moving the ball in shorter bursts than just trying to make big plays. He needs to get more comfortable with these receivers in these concepts. The receivers need to get more comfortable with spacing. The offensive line needs to do a better job. I mean, David Bakhtiari is not going to play this poorly again, you would think. Lane Taylor? Mm, I mean, mean, that's a question. And we're going to get to your questions in the second half of the show. But before we do... I want to talk about DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Today's show is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime with Vivid Seats listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists in 
person earning credit back on all purchases made through Vivid Seats via the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. We love a night out. You probably do too. And with Vivid Seats, they want to get you to that event, that concert, that sporting event, the easiest way possible. And right now, you can earn double credit back between 10 and 16% on all your purchases with the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right, we're going to get to your questions. Let's start with this one because I got a couple in this vein. Hi, Peter. I'm happy with the win, but have a question. Much like last year, Rodgers was getting the ball snapped with half a second left on the play clock a lot. This has to be giving the defenses a jump on your snap and possibly resulting in more sacks, right? How much of this is because of Rodgers' audibles versus the offensive scheme? Casey in Homer, Alaska. Matthew from Cape Cod also had a similar question. And this is something that I think we need to we need to hold off on judgment for right now because we need to see what this offense becomes, what they become comfortable with because what I saw on Thursday was a team that operated at its maximum efficiency when it was doing something close to what the Rams do. You call a play, you run it, and if you pick up yardage, whether it's a run or a pass, you get up to the line of scrimmage and you look to quick snap. You look to catch the defense. And if you can't, then you settle in and you make your decision what you want to run next, and then you go up to the line of scrimmage and you decide if that look is still what you want to run. I mean, remember, this offense has the audibles built in. There are audibles built into every play, one, two, even three options. And then Aaron Rodgers is still going to have his opportunity to say, "Mm, this is the play against this look. And his relationship with Matt LaFleur, you hope, is going to grow and they're going to be on the same page with these looks and Rodgers is going to understand what Matt LaFleur wants to run. And Matt LaFleur, remember, this is only year two of being a full-time play caller. So part of this is you got to get the play in. You got to get everyone set. You got to play with a little bit of urgency. And when you're not getting in and out of the huddle quickly, when the play's not coming in, when you're not trying to get to the line quickly, then, you know, it, it, it lends itself to being in those situations where you're, you know, the clock is running down and all of a sudden you have to snap the ball. Now, I didn't think it was something that was a major problem for Green Bay as I watched the game per se, but what I felt like needed to happen is they needed to get to some of that no huddle stuff a little bit more to it not just vary the tempo because I, I do think varying the tempo can also have um, can pay dividends depending on how it's used and what's working. If your run game is working, then you you do want to vary tempo. Sometimes you want to pound people. Sometimes you want to hurry up. I mean, it depends on the situation. I thought there was some times against Chicago where, you know, they were they were trying to get Chicago caught in something and try and just, you know, see if they can spring something because you've got guys out of position. I'd like to see them do that more. This is something Aaron Rodgers is the best ever at doing, is trying to catch defenses napping. And... Maybe that's that's something that they they can get to when they're not behind the stick so consistently. That was something that Matt Lafleur spoke about after the game. He said, "You know, we were we were in a lot of situations where we're trying to play catch up. 
where we're not getting what we want on first and second down. And so we're trying to get to those looks that are more catch-up looks was what he called them or something like that. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's that was the idea. And if you're not effective on first and second down, and this was a problem for Green Bay last year, then suddenly you're in third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, and you become more predictable. And that's just offense. That's just life. That's just how offense works. If you're in a down and distance where you have to throw the ball, then you're easier to defend. And then when you're letting the clock run down to one second and it's third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, then you're even more predictable because that pass rusher has that clock in his head go off too and say, well, he's got to snap the ball so I can just go. As soon as that one changes, I'm out. I'm out of my stance. I'm gone because they have to snap the ball. It is something I'd like to see them vary a little bit more. Now, on the other hand, Rodgers did look like he was making checks and making calls. He went to the hard count a couple times. It wasn't as effective as it as it has been in the past, but that doesn't mean it won't be effective moving forward. What Green Bay has to do is find, uh, they have to reshape their identity. I mean, that's something that we haven't had to say about the Packers in a really long time because their identity has been the offense and it worked for a long time. Well, this offense is a work in progress, right? This is something that the Packers are building together. Matt LaFleur speaks often about how when he speaks to Rodgers about this offense, he, he calls it their offense. It's not Matt LaFleur's offense. It's not Aaron Rodgers' offense. It's the Green Bay Packers' offense. And in some ways, if you're Matt LaFleur, you have to say that because you want to take a little bit of ownership away from Aaron because you want to make sure he understands, look, I'm still in charge, but also that it's a collaboration. And you, you saw it after the game. Aaron Rodgers genuinely happy for his head coach about his win. It seems like if you're going to play body language doctor, and I've, I am always careful about this, or at least I try to be, that you it looks like things are going well with them. Now, being happy is not the same as being successful, though being successful often leads to happiness. It often leads to all kinds of other uh, ugly things and, and things that are much less happy or things that can lead to unhappiness. It is not proof that they're going to be good together. It's not proof that this offense is going to get better. It's not proof that you know they're going to improve significantly over the course of this season. We have to see that to believe it. And right now, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. And that's why, you know, it is, it is curious to me that the Packers are two and a half point underdogs at home with three days extra rest than they would otherwise have after their defense looked as dominant against Chicago as it did. And maybe it's a little bit of recency bias. You know, Minnesota had the more recent impressive win, but they were at home. And now they got to go on the road to Green Bay. I thought it would be three. That was just, that was how I felt about it. I thought it would be three. The half point, you know, if it matters. I mean, it really does. So I would have thought that Green Bay was given the slight edge in this situation. Maybe not. And maybe these questions about the offense are the big reason why. If I had to hazard a guess, it would be my guess. All right. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? I'm about five beers in, but does Lane Taylor look really slow to react to his blocking assignments? TW from Oshkosh. Is TJ, is the W near the J? No, it's not. So, hey, hey look, TW, great, great name. Um, I, I don't know. What is, I want to know, now I want to know what the T and the W stand for. But um, look, Lane Taylor is, I wouldn't say he's on borrowed time, although I literally almost did just say that. He's not on borrowed time per se, but he is on a short leash. And if he struggles again against Minnesota, 
it's going to be easier for Green Bay to say, look, we can't do this. We just cannot have this. So either ship up or we just drafted a guy who can play the position. And the pass blocking game is where Elton Jenkins really shined and I think really made a name for himself in training camp and in preseason. But he's also a better fit athletically for this outside zone run scheme than Lane Taylor. And while you may trust Taylor you know, to get the calls and the checks and he's got the chemistry, he's got the continuity with David Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins is a former center. He's used to making those calls. He's used to reading blocking schemes and defensive lines. Usually you put your smartest offensive lineman at center. And I think the fact that they played him at multiple positions in the preseason is proof of that. They see that intelligence in him. And they want to utilize it. They want to show it off. And if Lane Taylor is not getting it done, and he didn't get it done in week one. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. He was not good enough in week one. He played a really good defensive front. That's true. Well, there are a bunch of them in the NFC North. And they've got five more games against the NFC North. And they've got to play some legit interior defensive line. they got to play Chris Jones at some point. they got to play Joey Bosa, who can play inside. And in the NFC, you know, Cameron Jordan can play inside. they got to see Fletcher Cox. You know, obviously, they have to see Akeem Hicks again. They're going to have to see Snacks Harrison and Mike Daniels. And, and you just you can't afford to have someone out there that you don't think can get it done consistently or that you are worried about getting it done consistently. And I'm, I'm not saying that Green Bay is in that position yet, but they might be. I mean, there are some really good defensive fronts on this schedule. Carolina, San Francisco, Washington. I mean, they don't really have a weak defensive front on their schedule outside of maybe Oakland. And interior, Denver is not the strongest on the interior. Everyone else, they've got legit dudes that, that this team is going to have to figure out a way to block. The, the plan, I think, has always been to let Lane Taylor prove it, to let Lane Taylor go win the job. I don't think they expected Elton Jenkins to be this competitive right away, but he is. And, and he's there. And any struggles, you just you, you can't afford it. Not with Aaron Rodgers in the backfield. You have to put it in the guy that you think gives you the best chance to win. And teams do this all the time. You might cycle offensive linemen. So if Lane Taylor's struggling, you put in Elton Jenkins. And if Elton Jenkins struggles, you put Lane Taylor back in. Teams do it all the time. Now, I'm not saying it's the best way to do it because it, it probably says you don't really have even one guy you feel capable about. I think Elton Jenkins can be that guy. So if it were me, I'm giving him that opportunity to prove he can do it. I'm not, I'm not taking rash action. I'm not overreacting to what I saw in Chicago against a really, really good defensive front. I don't think that's fair. But I am taking stock and saying, okay, what, what really is the situation here? Can I move on from Lane Taylor? And if I do... Is he going to be mentally strong enough that when I have to put him back in the game, if I do have to do that, if I have to reinsert him in the starting lineup because Elton Jenkins is struggling, how is he going to deal with that mentally? Now, I could have transitioned with any one of those pieces of the last few sentences into a Blue Chew read, and I'm going to do that. So pick whichever one of those was your favorite. Reinsert. I think that was that was my personal favorite, but you know there were a lot of there were a lot of avenues we could have gone, 
But you know the deal with Blue Chew by now. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance his performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown's store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield, to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events, so follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. All right, I want to I want to play this voicemail here right quick. Hey, this is Eric from uh, Minneapolis, and I uh, just wanted to say um, I've noticed that there hasn't been any additions to the uh, intro theme music uh, recently, and I uh, wanted your thoughts on maybe adding the uh, We Got a Defense quote. Uh, maybe a little too early for that, but maybe at some point there's uh, another addition that can uh, be added to that intro, so let me know. All right, so here's the deal. It's too early to put we've got a defense in the intro music. Iconic lines only. And maybe, maybe that one becomes iconic. They're, they are usually pretty iconic in the moment. Now, we didn't know when Aaron Rodgers said, I think we can run the table, that they would do it. It seemed like a bold proclamation from a guy who has confidence and swagger to spare. Now, our R-E-L-A-X became iconic immediately. And we didn't find out about the Kevin Green quote, that it is time until after the Super Bowl, and it instantly became legendary among Packer fans. I don't think we've got a defense at this moment is even ahead of Aaron Rodgers at the end of week one last year going, my knee, because <laughs> that one was, to me, funny at least. He, he did say we've got a defense, and he said it twice. If it is the case that they have a defense and this line becomes just sort of the signature of the season, that this is the difference between what Green Bay has been and what it is now, and we're sitting here in late January talking about this defense and their ability to slow down Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, then 
maybe we can start talking about adding it into the show. We're, we need iconic lines only. But look, I appreciate your enthusiasm for sure. I appreciate uh, your your care about the intro music. That means you're listening to it, which is great. I put time and effort into it so that you would listen to it. So I appreciate you doing that. A lot of people just skip podcast intros. I like that there are, I often do, I will admit it, but the good ones, the solid verbal is my favorite one. I love that intro. And, and they were certainly an inspiration for me trying to go with lines in the intro, hoping that it would get you excited at the very least. Now, I don't, mine aren't a joke. They have some funny ones in there and some that are not even college football related and, and they're great and that's why they are great. Um, but it's not, it's not who we are. It's not who I am, uh, as much as I try to be. So I, I do appreciate your interest in the intro music, but let, we have to wait until uh, that becomes a more iconic line before we can, we can talk about it in the intro music. If there are lines that, that you guys love that you think should be in there, let's talk about it. Cause I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to work on it. I really am. But you know, it's one of those things. It has to be the right line. It has to be worth it to rework the intro. And I don't want to make the intro any longer than it already is. I want, I want to get into the thing. We only have 25, 26, 27 minutes. I don't want to waste time on the intro. So we've already talked about it enough, but I really do appreciate the question. Uh, it, it is it is always something that I'm thinking about. Uh, you know, how can I change it? How can I tweak it? Do I need to add this? I did almost add the my knee line at the end of the week one show last year. All right, I want to finish on this. Peter, I'm walking out of Soldier Field as I type this. And I cannot begin to tell you how good that felt getting heckled all night by Bears fans to have Amos basically seal the deal at the end. A poetic ending. Go Pack Go, Adam from Kansas City. Adam, um, I, I don't know why you would think that I that that would be validating for me. Um, you know, Adrian Amos. I don't. Who is that? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> no, it it. I think every Packer fan understands the feeling that you're feeling right now or the feeling that you were feeling walking out of Soldier Field to have it end the way that it did. I, I do think there are questions that need to be asked, though. Brian Gutekinst, you know, these these major moves he made this offseason, they all seem to pay off in week one. We don't know if they're going to pay off long term or if they're going to help them win more games moving forward, although I think some simple extrapolation says that, that it's likely to help them win games moving forward. I do think it's fair to wonder about the Ted Thompson era. And I was someone who defended a lot of what Ted Thompson did. And I think free agency can be, you know, really a fool's game in a lot of ways. But seeing what Brian Gutekinst has done in two seasons now between the draft and, and free agency, it does make you wonder if the Packers would have been better off making this move sooner, if they would have been better off being a little bit more aggressive those last few years. I have advocated for that for a long time, but I think this is, if not proof, it's solid evidence that the Green Bay Packers really erred in not trying to supplement their team in ways other than just the draft because it is just too hard to consistently draft and develop players unless you are a miracle worker like Bill Belichick and you have a quarterback like Tom Brady and you have ownership that's willing to take risks on players like Antonio Brown. So here we are, and New England is going to win the Super Bowl again, and, and hooray for everyone. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow, uh, Expert Tuesday, Crossover Wednesday, uh, Scouting Report on Thursday, and then our live broadcast on Friday afternoon when the, when the injury report comes out. We're going to have that 
live video broadcast and then the podcast in audio form will come out after that. Looking forward to getting that going. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, go do that. The, the link is pinned to my Twitter bio, so go sign up for the newsletter. We're getting that going again this week, coming out on Thursday. So with no game, uh, easier to get that out there and make that something that's really useful for you. If you like something in it, let me know. If you don't like something in it, let me know. And if you want to see something in it that is not there, let me know. I always want to make it better. It is a service I want to provide for you. So if it's not serving your needs, let me know. And the same is true for the podcast. To do that, you can hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow me there. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Same place on Facebook. Like us there. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Anywhere you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Tell your smart device to play Locked on Packers. In your car, your Bluetooth connected device, tell that to play Locked on Packers. The, the machines are coming. So at least get them into Locked on Packers. And, and anytime you want to be a part of a show like this one, you can do that and hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.